So today's day 19 of sheltering in place and I'm recording this from my cabin here in the woods. This cabin was built in 1912. So I'm recording under the redwoods. This used to be a little logging village and all these cabins out here were just loggers. So we're definitely hunkered down sheltering under the redwood veil. So, let's see, um, some background on all this. I decided, I'd say about a week ago, to just record myself. I mean, I have so much stuff that I'm writing down during the course of a day. I have um, my planner, I have my journal, and I write in those in the morning and evening, various things um, that I'm tracking, my dreams, moon information, um, visual, um, you know, visions, um, symbols. Um, I don't, I don't track numbers, but some people do. If you do, it's a good idea to track your numbers, your dreams, and and visions. You know, like forward visions. You'll get a vision of um, things that are happening in the future, or um, seeing people do things in the future or stuff that they've done in the past. So I write those things down, you know, and um, you should try it too. It's a good way to keep track of all those things in your cycles and the hoop. So with all that I do and my lists, um, I can't forget that. I um, Stuff that I have on lists that I have to complete every day. So with all that being said, by the end of the night, I'm really burnt out. And although I want to write and I'd like to share things and I, I will be sharing things, but sometimes I just have been doing so much that what I end up writing at the end of the night, I think sounds good, but I'm really so fatigued. It I look back on it, it's truncated, it only makes sense to me. And sometimes my words aren't working really, really well. Like right now, um, my words aren't great, but you know what? Um, I know myself well enough to know that unless I just do it, it's just really not going to get done. So here we are, my first episode of my private podcast, and I really can't find my words tonight, but we'll get through this together. So I wanted to just, you know, share what I've been doing lately. Most of what I've been doing lately during this global pandemic is being safe and preparing, and it's taken me all this time. Like I said, we are day 19 of sheltering in place. <clears throat> that was just an allergy cough. I don't have the COVID-19. Um, yeah, I started sheltering in place actually around the 11th. Let's see, on the 10th of March 2020, I had a business meeting with Lynn. And since that, I haven't, you know, gone anywhere um, too far. Um, and that meeting with her was uh, was just crazy. Now I look back on it, I had texted her and she texted me and we had conversations and it was feeling weird because she said, oh, my, in a text message, my throat really hurts badly. And I'm like, what? Wow. But at that time, we didn't know a lot about this virus that we know now. So I went ahead and met her and we had a business lunch and it was fine, but like a few days after and a week after I was like got so worked up about her being contagious and just started thinking all kinds of other things 
that totally don't make sense, that I got myself worked up. I practically gave myself a fever, which, you know, is totally possible. Like started sweating and having weird symptoms that I myself did to myself. So I had to put myself in timeout corner and do my breath work and do all the things that we know that we're supposed to do. And there we go. But yeah, this is a really, really scary pandemic. And it's a lot more um, contagious than than they're than they've been saying. So that brings me to what I've been doing. I've been setting up my house a certain way. Let's see. Let's start from that. Um, so every day, I um, I use dis- uh, a disinfectant, just the common ones that you would buy, Lysol or Pine Sol or whatever those are. Or I will do a bleach solution. As I do a bleach solution, and I and I wipe down like I do this twice a day where I wipe down all the the knobs, the toaster, the microwave, the coffee pot. I do that twice a day, all the knobs, shower knobs, toilet knobs, um, all those things, counters, everything that people touch a lot, light switches, and that's that. For running errands, and I am the person who is going out doing all of the errands and anything that we need to do, it's not really an option for me because we don't have mail that gets delivered here it's you know way too far out in the redwoods and it's kind of country and really kind of weird so they don't deliver out here and in fact sometimes they um even packages sometimes don't make it out here or I can try to order something online and it'll be like hey that's not a real address so it's problematic so I do have to go down to the USPS and pick up our mail at least once a week and I try to get all the shopping done So before shopping, I have a whole setup. So I have an outfit that I wear. It's either one of two things. It's either a mechanics jumpsuit, like a onesie. And I put that over an inner layer of yoga pants and like a tank top. Or I'll put jeans and a sweatshirt on. I have a cap on and I have goggles on. And a mask. The mask I've had for a couple years because of the fires out here. It's a really good mask. They don't make them anymore, um, at least not right now. But I have a couple of them, and they have um, carbon filters that you can swap out. So I have my outfit that I put on to make sure I'm totally safe. Like I said, this this virus is a lot more contagious than they've been saying. Actually, recently what I've seen the past couple of days, like on the news and through other news feeds, they've been saying, yeah, you should wear a mask. Yeah, of course you should wear a mask because it's... It's an aerosol form, you know, not to a super large degree, but enough that people are getting sick and dying, you know, more than they do with a common flu. And this is not just a flu. So I get my clothes ready. Um, I also set up my laundry room and that means making sure that the washing machine is empty. It has soap in it and it's, I set it to the desired setting so that I don't have to touch anything when I come back. Um, I also walk with my hand sanitizer and I used to walk with Lysol, but now I'm out. So I have a hand sanitizer, which actually is just ever clear in a squirt bottle. Um, I wasn't able, of course, because of living in California to get the hundred percent alcohol, but the ever clear that we can get here is at 60%. So I just put that in a squirt bottle with, you know, no glycerin and no, um, aloe it's not necessary because that would just as far as ratio that would like dilute the strength of the hand sanitizer so it's just ever clear in a bottle so I get all that stuff together get in the vehicle and I go down and I get the groceries 
And that's a whole nother thing. I get the groceries and like a lot of you are probably doing, I don't stand in the middle of the aisle for long periods of time anymore, trying to figure out what I want. I don't pick up the box, look at it and set it down. No, I got it. I make a commitment to get it. I take it off the shelf, put it in the basket, done. So I get all these items and then I bring them back. I forgot to mention that before I leave, I also set up my quarantine station out front of the house. So all these groceries that I get, they stay outside for three days because like I said, this is super contagious and it stays on metal. It stays on paper for a longer uh, period of time than you would think. So um, whatever can stay out there, like boxes of pasta, if I you know bought pasta or bags of oats, they just stay outside. If stuff does need to come inside, um, it comes inside into a station that I also set up and that is um, a basin of water and it has some, um, some what is that called, Dr. Bronner soap in it and, um, and a rag. So I wipe everything off with that. Um, the only things that come into the house when I come back from the grocery would be stuff that I need for like dinner that night. If it can stay outside, it's just going to stay outside. So, but if it needs to come inside, um, there's two stations. I have one outside, I have one inside that has disinfectant and rags and I wipe everything down. Even if it's going to go in the freezer, um, remember that the freezer doesn't kill this virus necessarily. Um, so you can't bank on that. So just wipe everything off before putting the freezer or the refrigerator. So yeah, so that's what I do with the groceries. Um, with myself, when I come back from the store, I, um, I stand there in front of an Ikea bag that's set out there for this purpose. It's one of those big uh, blue Ikea bags and I strip off all my clothes. So now I'm down to my underlayer, which is yoga pants um, and a tank top. So everything else gets thrown in the Ikea bag and I walk it around the side of the house and I pop through the door in the back. That's where the laundry room's at. I put all that stuff in the washing machine. I close the door, walk back outside, walk all the way around and then take my shoes off and go inside to take a shower. I do all these things before I see anybody in my family. Now, the reason I didn't start the washing machine is because I'm going to take a shower. And if I take a shower, then the water's gonna be cold and that's not cool. I take a shower, dry off. I take all those um, towels and stuff. And I just throw those in the laundry room as well, even though they're probably clean. I just do that. So it sounds like a lot because it is, but it's really important um, for me that my family's safe. And I have um, somebody in my house, a loved one who's high risk and is an elder, and I really can't take any chances of him or myself or anybody else in the house getting sick. And it's not just, you know, it's not just um, detrimental and dangerous for older people. Younger people are not faring well either. So those are some of the things that I do. What I've been doing also is I've been changing out my hand towels, the, um, the bathroom as well as the kitchen. Now, I know this is sounding like super over the top and it actually is over the top, but it's a fucking global pandemic it's totally over the top and I'm not taking any chances I mean already stuff is germy and that's cool we have tons of bacteria and stuff in the air but this dread virus no Mm -mm. no chances so I am generating a lot of laundry I am doing a lot of laundry and I know that I'm doing a lot of laundry and that's cool with me so um 
I feel blessed on a daily because I do have a washer and dryer. That always was not the case. But let me tell you, if I didn't have a washer and a dryer, I would still be going down to the the, the wash place. I would, you know, figure this out. Or I would, when when I'm not able to go to the wash place and, um, and I have to do the laundry, like there's been times like for whatever reason, my car was broke down or um, I just didn't have money for the, the wash place. Um, and I would have to hand wash things. I've like fashioned washing machines out of five gallon buckets. I'll hand wash something, whatever. I'm going to figure it out and I have a line inside the house, right? So we got a line that goes 12 or 15 feet in the living room. I don't care. I'm going to get the clothes clean. <laughs> they're going to be clean and they're going to dry. So I would figure this out. Trust me. So I'm generating a lot of laundry, but things are clean here and things are wiped down. Um, knobs are wiped down like I said counters are wiped down I do that twice a day so that's one of the things that's been taking up a lot of my time um another thing that I wanted to share is um my sourdough starter so I've had some time to you know be sheltering in place so I've been developing a a sourdough starter a sourdough starter is um the base of making sourdough bread and um, it doesn't require using any yeast that you would buy from a store. And I'm glad I started it because, you know, something about that. I was just like, you know, I'm going to start the sourdough starter. I, I, I wasn't thinking about not being able to get yeast, but I've been finding out through um, different groups I'm in locally in this village and just online in the news that, you know, people are buying up the toilet paper. They're buying up the um, sugar and flour. They're, you know, scarcity. And so people can't find a yeast. Well, a sourdough starter uses wild yeast and um, it uses that and a bacteria, good bacteria in the air um, that, you know, creates a yeast and a base for making bread. The, the bacteria that comes from the air, um, that is the, the good bacteria is make sure that no nasty things can grow in your sourdough and it also gives it the sour flavor but it doesn't rise the bread that's the part that's really tricky um, with a sourdough starter so my sourdough starter as I think it's on 11 days old and I'm still feeding her I'm gonna make a test bread possibly tomorrow or the next day I know that there's a lot of sourdough recipes online and stuff, but you know, I don't, I've never really had really good luck with making bread with a really young starter. The starter should be, you know, a strong starter um, and, you know, an aged starter, like at least a month old, if not older. Um, Many years ago, I lived um, out there in West Marin across from Marshall Beach Um, it was actually an old Miwok encampment and the Miwoks lived there for many many years and then there was a dairy which was really interesting up on the ridge and they used a a tram kind of this tram thing where there was like a big wire um, and they would like make the cheese up there and then they'd wheel it down on a wire um, really interesting. Um, and then it, after that, it was like a speakeasy. So there was like music and jazz and blues out there on the beach. and um, But then it got shut down and they got busted and they had to quickly bar- bury the piano um, right on the beach underneath the little shed that's still there actually. 
Anyways, so when I lived there on that property, um, I was the gardener and tender there for an old sailor and and, um, artist named Clayton Lewis, and he used to make a lot of bread. And he told me about sourdough, and he taught me a lot about a lot of different things, but one of the things was tending the starter and how you had to take care of it, you know, like a woman, like a baby, like a loved one, and that it became part of your family, and that it could be temperamental. And it's true. You really got to take care of sourdough starters. So I've been doing that on a daily. Um, She had a couple of hard times where um, she wasn't flat or you know, I mean, she looked flat, but she wasn't dead. But I think a lot of people think that their sourdough starter is dead and they toss it out. I have a good friend that was also making sourdough bread or a sourdough starter around the same time. And I think she tossed hers thinking it was she killed it and she may have killed it. But um, anyways, so mine is still going and uh, I think I'm going to share the recipe a little bit later. It's um, there's a lot of steps to it and I haven't written it up. Another thing that I wanted to share um, on my first podcast was just kind of a, um, a recipe. And um, I've been going through some of my old lab, you know, my lab notes. And I have a lot of recipes. And I'd like to share one of them with you. Now, I'm not in a space where I want <clears throat> to be teaching people herbalism or getting into clinical herbalism or, you know, I'm not the one. Um, but I will, you know, share some recipes that, that are, um, pretty easy to do and stuff that you could do like right now without running to the store. So, um, this is, let me think, um, which one should I share? I was thinking about sharing, well, which one? Yeah. Okay. The one that I'm going to share is um well maybe I won't share that one where did it go I can't even read my own writing hmm anyways okay so it's pretty simple I don't even need to read notes um it's basically a really it's extremely easy um, recipe of a garlic and ginger syrup so all you need is two cups of honey um, a half a cup of peeled fresh garlic cloves and a half a cup to three quarters cup of ginger. And I would advise you to grate that ginger. I know a lot of people just slice it up and it does look pretty in the jar, but I feel like you're going to be able to get to those cell walls of that, of that ginger a lot better if it's grated. So you're going to get those ingredients. So you're going to take the grated ginger and you're going to take the garlic and you're going to put it in a quart jar. In the meantime, you're going to gently, and I really can't stress enough, gently heat up the honey. You do not want to boil it or even simmer it because there's such beneficial um, things in honey that you will kill off all the benefits of honey if you, you know, heat it up too much like that. So you're going to take the warmed honey and just when it's warm enough and it's like a little more liquid and runny, you're just going to pour that right on top of it in the jar and just keep it in a warm and sunny place for three days and stir it daily that's it the end the longer you stir it and keep it there the stronger it's going to be and it'll last for like two months two two and a half months in the fridge and it's really really wonderful to have you can mix it with um your tea 
or like I just like to have it with hot water. It's like one to two tablespoons of hot water and sometimes some lemon. And sometimes people like to add this um, syrup to like, um, what do you call it? Pickled, Pick, like people who pickle things. Um, and it's nice that way too, I guess. I don't pickle things, but I know I have friends that do do that. And it's just really a wonderful preventive tonic during the cold and flu season. I'm not saying in any way that it like kills the coronavirus. I'm just saying that it's a nice thing to have on hand. And it's a really good way to just take back your medicine, you know, as we start making medicine and um, it's our birthright to know these things and to have this into our bundle. It's just really empowering and lovely to have that. Make sure to label your bottle, garlic, ginger, maybe the type of honey. Make sure you put the date um, that you made it. And also you can add um, astrological information, the moon, you know, um, planet stuff, astrological information. You can even add a gem to it if you'd like. If you're into adding gems and emeralds and rubies and crystals, just make sure to take it out so you don't choke on it or you don't swallow it. So that's about it for my very first private podcast. All right, everyone, stay safe.